The other day I ran into a photograph I took about eight years ago and it made me think about just how much has changed since that time. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now, as I said, this this particular photograph was taken oh, about eight years ago this week in Vero Beach. Vero Beach, Florida was where I was living at at the time. And I was working on a couple of projects that I thought were going to be what I would be doing for the, the years coming ahead. Wow, I had no idea of how wrong I was on so many counts of the things that I would actually be doing. I thought I had a great plan, but God had a totally different plan. And I look back now, and I can see God's hand in everything that I was doing, and I didn't see it. I was being prepared for a new time and a totally new life that I never anticipated. And of course, if we go back eight years ago, there are a lot of things that, if you're old enough, a lot of things happen in these eight years that none of us, none of us could have seen coming. Let's think about just a few quick items. Who would have thought that all of a sudden the Supreme Court of the United States would rule that Oh, that same-sex marriage has got to be made legal. It happened. Who would imagine that the White House would be lit up in rainbow colors? It happened. Who would imagine that a multi-billionaire by the name of Donald Trump, who to many people was just, you know, a rich guy, you saw him on television, and he was just kind of a character coming down an escalator in, in that year announcing I'm running for president. And all the pundits, all the Washington insiders and experts and pontificators of politics said hey, he'll never win. Except for a couple. And they were right. He did win. And I don't think the establishment in the United States government, those that are the permanent bureaucrat class that really think they run everything, I don't think they believed he was going to win. They thought that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. There are many people that speculate, and I happen to be one of them, that thought the fix was in for Hillary Clinton. Because, look, I I understand I'm a realist. Our elections have been somewhat tainted for generations in many places. And those that really want to control this nation and literally this world, I put nothing past them because they have no moral compass. Right or wrong is irrelevant. The ends always justify the means. And so I look at these eight years, and then I look at the last 68 years of my life. Not that I remember all of them as a very young person. And I've watched this trajectory. I've watched this path. I've watched these initially gradual and subtle changes 
that like a snowball coming down a hill in upstate New York, it gets bigger and bigger, larger and larger, faster and faster. And before you know it, you have an avalanche on your hands. And that's the world in which we are living in today. Who would have ever believed Donald Trump was going to win? Who would ever believe that there'd be these impeachment hearings and and an investigation about Russian collusion that never happened? And we learned very quickly, and this is not a partisan thing, I'm just being brutally honest, that there are people that are lawyers that are also elected congressmen that are absolute bold-faced liars and should be held accountable. They can't be trusted. They lie in the record. They lie about the record. They lie on television. They lie with impunity, and they have a seared, burnt, destroyed conscience, and they frankly don't care. Adam Schiff comes to mind. Thankfully, he's been thrown off the Intelligence Committee. The man should be actually investigated for treason. I mean, the real deal, treason. You don't, as a United States congressman on the Intelligence Committee, go before the American people on television night after night after night and lie about Russian collusion that never happened and make claims that I have seen the the evidence. You saw nothing. You made it up out of whole cloth and try, and you had all the lapdogs at MSNBC and everywhere else just, just eating out of your hand like puppy dogs. Little wide-eyed puppy dogs. Of course, our media in the United States and Canada and the United Kingdom, we're learning they're just mental, they're intellectually, morally, and spiritually bankrupt and journalistically worthless. Most of them don't cover news anymore. They they push propaganda for an ideology. It always comes first. So I think about these eight years. And this picture, I'm not going to say much about it. I could see my former vehicle that I, I, I missed that car to this day. But in front of a building, thinking that this was going to be a place that I was going to do two things work with a dear friend of mine in developing an online school that already existed and move it to that location and then work for another ministry to help share the good news of Jesus Christ and be a watchman in these changing times. And I thought that I knew what my future was going to be. I had just gone through some major upheaval in my life. I mean major and, and it just seemed this was the place I needed to be for the time being. And so I came to, to Vero Beach, Florida to do some work for a radio network and a couple of radio stations. And I didn't know what my future was really going to hold until that day. I'd been in Vero Beach at that point for about four or five months. And, and I had this feeling that I'm getting ready to embark on a journey, and I couldn't define it. But it seemed like everything was coming together, but not, and, and it was, but not the way I, I expected. Little did I know that I was being prepared for a huge 
chapter change in my life. That's a God thing. He has plans for us, and sometimes it's hard for us to thoroughly understand what he has in mind. And so over those, in this period of eight years from the time that I saw that picture and I thought I would have this very simple life in Vero Beach working for, you know, a couple of ministries and and getting by, what an adventure it's become. And I'm doing things now I would have told you then I never would be doing today. But had I not done all the things I was doing back then, I would not be ready to do the things that I'm getting ready to do today. What I didn't realize at the time, and I see it now, God was preparing me, training me, opening my eyes to things that I needed to see, things that I needed to do, in some cases reacquainting myself with things that I had once done earlier in my especially in my broadcast and engineering career, to literally rekindle something that I had forgotten about. And over the next year, a little over a year, I went through this process of saying goodbye to certain aspects of my old life and preparing for the beginnings of a new life. And here I am today. And the Lord has opened up doors, and had I not done those things in those first few years that started eight years ago, had I not done other things in my life that God opened some very strange doors. You know, I I look at my life, And even my wife has said this. I've had a very unique renaissance man life. (laughs) Never got rich. I mean, I I could have, I'm sure, but it just wasn't what drove me. I love the radio business. And early in my career, I was a radio announcer and I loved it, but I realized it wasn't stable And there was this voice inside that said, move to engineering. And then from there, just God has moved me from place to place to place and opened doors to do things that others could not do. I mean, my first job in, in, in radio engineering was in a major market, not a small one. God has prepared me all my life for certain things that I've done in his kingdom and his ministry And I didn't understand it until I got there. And I'm at that point again now. Who would have believed since 2015 the things that we have witnessed, the unraveling of our society, the entire pandemic, and and the, the rise of the power of companies like like Google and Facebook and YouTube and others, and how Twitter was compromised for an ideology where our own government literally violated the law in trying to use a third party to suppress speech on the government's behalf. 
it'll take a long time for much of this stuff to unravel. But I really believe, and I've said this before, since August, God has laid on my heart this understanding that he's getting ready and he already is pulling back this curtain, this veil. And little by little by little, truth is coming out. When I made that statement in August, who would have ever believed the stuff that would come out of Twitter from Elon Musk? Not that I thoroughly trust Elon Musk, but I'm just saying, who would have ever, ever believed what we would see coming out? And now you have some of the biggest names in locking down lunacy and face mask wearing and strangeness about this, this pandemic, the medical community. I was reading an article from a, a doctor that said, you know, we, we may have gotten this wrong. We may have never needed all these lockdowns and maskings, and maybe, maybe the vaccine doesn't work either. Man, try to say that in April of 2021 on social media and you were condemned and your your posting was marked as disinformation and removed. You might even get suspended for a week or two or a month or more for telling the truth. And so it's beginning to, I think, unravel. Allegedly, the president has stated that he will he will Get rid of the emergency, the, the you know the health emergency on May the 11th. Why he's waiting so long, who knows? And it's going to be interesting to see how that really plays out because understand something that many of you may not. The day the emergency is declared over, you can no longer administer and use emergency use authorized vaccines which are the only kind you can get here in the United States or Canada or the UK. You're not getting the name-branded FDA-approved versions because if you did, you'd have the right to sue the company if something goes wrong. Then you see what came out with Project Veritas, as I mentioned before the other day, and, and, and Pfizer, and how fast YouTube and others are scrambling to try to bury this true story because they don't want the true story out there because they're too heavily invested with the money they're getting from the Pfizer's and the Moderna's and others and even the federal government. It's all about the money. Who would have ever believed eight years ago that we'd be having a discussion about elementary school teachers trying to determine which one of their first or second graders are transgender and trying to change their name and, and having them identify as a girl or a boy when they're not and not tell the parents. Who would have believed we'd be having that conversation eight years ago? Who would believe we'd be having bakers being sued because they... They're Christians and they, they don't want to do a cake for a for something they believe is an abomination unto God. In other words, if you're a Christian with a viewpoint, it must be crushed. It must be silenced. It must be thrown away. You must, you must adapt to all these new ideas and thinking. 
We have to get your, as that line in Cool Hand Luke from the 1960s, we have to get your mind right. And so daily we are bombarded. We have a a 24-7 news cycle. And some of the narratives, and there's so many of them out there, everything from, from pandemic to this to that to the other to politics to even Ukraine. And we, ta- we talked about that earlier this week. You may not agree with my assessment, but there's something that still worries me that we're not being told the whole story. They're making it too simplistic. And there's nothing that I don't put past our intelligence agencies here or even in the UK or, or NATO or Canada. I, I put no, nothing past these people because they've proven themselves time and time again to have the capacity of being liars and looking after their own self-interest and not ours. And that's why we need to be aware that I really believe there, we're going to see a couple of things happen, and it's, it's already beginning. I think when if everything happens like in May and the emergency use authorization goes away, then those vaccines will be forbidden. You cannot give that vaccine unless there is a declared emergency. And we know the dog and pony show of, you know, back in 2021, you know, saying that the, you know, Pfizer has an approved vaccine was all fake and fraudulent because they never intended for you to get that vaccine. That was just a dog and pony show. That was bait and switch. We know it now. Go to your nearest Walgreens and ask for the trade name, uh, Carminati or however it's pronounced, or Spike Vax. You can't get it. They don't have it. But they'll say it's the same thing. No, it isn't. You take this one, you sign your, your rights away. You cannot sue. But I think as the truth is increasingly revealed, and that's what I'm, I'm seeing happen, little bits. It keeps falling out, little bits at a time. All the way back to the Atlantic news story, I think it was, what, November, December. Let's have an amnesty. We, maybe we got some things wrong. Let's forgive and forget and move on. Oh, no, we're not. Because people like Dr. Fauci and others knew they were lying. They knew their medical advice was fraudulent. They knew a face mask was worthless for a virus. They knew all of this stuff, all of this silliness was a matter of control like sheep. Governors in many states became power drunk. Like on a power drunk, they couldn't, they they had to have more power. And I think they gleefully enjoyed ruining your lives and watching businesses go under. It was sick. Gretchen Whitmer is one of them. Murphy in, in New Jersey, all of them. Shutting things down for no legitimate scientific reason. We know that because other states didn't, and they were doing better than those so-called woke states. So we're coming to a time that God is going to, for for many people that have been on the fence, their eyes are going to be open. 
for many that believe the lies, they're going to be very, very upset. And I think we're going to see a tumultuous 2023, the latter part, and a very tumultuous 2024, not just in the United States, but worldwide. As narratives keep collapsing, you know, you get schools like Sanford University in California demanding everybody be vaccinated. If you're a student, you can't come back, even if you're online, unless you're vaccinated with the phony vaccine. Yet at the same time, countries like the United Kingdom that have been ahead of the United States in vaccinating have decided that nobody under the age of 50 should be allowed to have any of this stuff. Too dangerous, no no benefit. Yeah, it's going to catch up here. It's going to catch up in Canada. And a lot of people are going to find themselves in the crosshairs of lawsuits and angry mobs and voters that have had enough. And there won't be enough cheating possible to overcome the wrath. God's going to reveal himself. And we're going to have this window of opportunity. Why do you think I'm so concerned about developing this church ministry that, yeah, it'll be a local congregation in my area of Virginia, but it can be extended out to people that don't have a place that they can safely go, that they can even trust the theology anymore. There's a lot of woke churches out there preaching heresy. Sorry, but it's true. We have an open window during all of this turmoil that the power of the tech tyrants is going to be minimized, weakened. And we need to use this time that God is giving us to prepare for the next shoe to drop, and it will. It will. I've said it a hundred times on this program. Satan gets two or three steps forward and we're lucky to get one, maybe rare rare times like now, two steps back. But we're still on a collision course with God's judgment and his ultimate return. And so we need to use this time wisely. Next week, I have surgery on Monday. Jim Calhoun will be filling in Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Not sure about Thursday. I'm hoping to be back maybe next Friday, a week from today. But I've decided to take some good advice and get some rest and allow myself to heal better and quicker and not overstress. It's not a not a major kind of surgery, but it does run me down for a few days. And I pray this will be the last one for a long, long time. We can get back to the work of God's kingdom. Now, I'm going to ask you, between trying to expand shortwave, and I really, I'll talk about that next week sometime, or someone will, maybe by next Friday, I'll have more information. The church ministry, even putting it online and on the air. Do you believe in what we're doing at Truth to Ponder? I need your help. I mean, I really do. We're in the new month of February. Giving has been down. 
and I'm hoping that it will come back up and we can take care of our obligations and even go a step beyond. So if you can help, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510 in Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. That's 24319. You can also support us from the website using Give, Send, Go at truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Hashka, coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. We know it as Easter. Easter, the, the, the time of, of the crucifixion and resurrection. Easter time. But of course, you know, the word Easter is a pagan word linked to Ayustra, which is a, a, a goddess of uh, springtime uh, and, and uh, fertility and all those things. But you know, the real word in the Bible is not Easter. You know, you find actually in the old King James, it, it said Easter at one point, but it's it's not. The original word, well, you, if you go into other languages, the Latin-based languages like Spanish, Italian, French, Portuguese, you find a different word. There's no Easter word. It, it's Pascha or Pascha or Pascua, which is really from the from the Greek in the New Testament, Pascha, which is from the Hebrew, Pesach, which is Passover. He is not our Easter bunny. The the Messiah is our Passover lamb. And that's what it's about. Even actually the first believers celebrated what we call Easter on Passover. And it was only later ruled out as they ruled out the Jewish things. Well, again, it shows us this faith, our faith is Jewish. It doesn't matter what you're born as, you're born again as a citizen, a child of Israel. And we are part of Passover. Messiah is our Passover, Pesach, our Passover lamb. His name is Passover. And that means it's the power to be radically free like the Israelites. No matter what it is, let the power of Passover cause you to pass over that past and whatever you've been in to pass over from death to life, from that sin to freedom. Want more? Ask for the End Time Holy Day on CD. Now, how'd you like to have a super spiritual supplement to help turn your walk into a super life with God? Plus the, that's sapphires, plus the incredible mystery of the devil doors on CD, all free. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' really renamed Yeshua and dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and to reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. How just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Through shortwave radio, we... we broadcast the gospel. We span the earth. It's amazing. The farthest way you can ever reach the gospel. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or write me direct at the Nice Jewish Boy Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey 07644. It's the Nice Jewish Boy Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be you, my friend and Messiah. HaPesach, our Passover lamb.
This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I mentioned at the beginning of the program, I had found this photograph that reminded me of a time eight years ago. And I can't believe all that has transpired in these eight years, all the changes, the chances, the the, the twists and turns of our lives. I don't think any anybody saw what was coming down the pike coming. Yet here we are today. I ran across something else that goes back about five years ago. So the year would be 2018, actually from February of 2018. And, and I was helping out at a small church in Florida from time to time when we were in Florida. And I was asked to preach on that Sunday. And, and I listened to this particular message and I was talking about some of the current events of that time in 2018. And you want to know something? The Bible is right. There's nothing new under the sun. The only thing I think is different today versus five years ago, eight years ago, 25 years ago, all the same evil, all the same demons, all the same pagan stuff has always been there. The only difference today versus, let's say, 50 years ago, it's highly visible. There's no shame in showing. The pride parades in many of the cities, it's all totalitarianism. It's all cursing God. It's all about sexuality and pleasure. And we do things today in the open we never would have done we would keep certain things quiet, though the sin was still there. Now we just put it out in the open because we believe nobody cares anymore. Maybe that's true. Maybe that is the difference. We be so, we become so conditioned. Like I say, the veil is being pulled back. But I want you to listen to this message that I gave to that church in February of 2018. And I think you're going to find it rather interesting. And I think you're going to find it rather illuminating because we are no better off today than we were then. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time, as we share in your word, may you open our eyes to see those things you lay out before us, our ears to hear the words you would have us to hear and receive that that you give us within our hearts. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Let's face it. These past days, there's been quite a bit of news. Let's be honest about it. From what happened on the 14th, St. Valentine Day in Parkland, Florida, to the losing at the age of 99, the conscience and the heart and soul of our nation. 
the two of these events in many ways coincide with each other. And I've been giving this a tremendous amount of thought these last days, in particular since we got the word that Jesus called his servant, Billy Graham, home. I'm not going to get into any of the politics of any of this. There's no need for me to do that. There are plenty of people on both sides that can fill our ears ad nauseum, as they say in North Georgia, until the cows come home. There are plenty of pundits. There are plenty of opinions. I want to deal with what the scripture has to say about the world that we live in in the light of our gospel message today. My wife and I have been talking about some of these very things in recent weeks, even before some of these incidents like the one in south of here in Florida occurred. What has happened to this generation? Jesus was telling his disciples way back, almost 2,000 years ago, this adulterous and sinful generation. But the Bible also has made clear that things over time don't get better, they get worse. And worse. And worse. Oftentimes, people will ask me the question, because of the radio show that I've done, do you think that life can get any worse? And I'm going, you know, over the centuries since the time of Christ, there have been bad times throughout the world. If you lived in the dark ages during the time of the plague and all your neighbors are dropping dead around you, you would think you were living in a very apocalyptic time. If you lived in Czechoslovakia or Poland in 1939 and 1940, you might think it is a difficult time. If you lived on the island of Hawaii on that fateful day in 1941, how can it get any worse? We can go all throughout history a hundred years, 200 years, 500 years, a thousand. There have always been these times of crisis on the earth. There have always been times of anger, angst, war, violence. Today, though, there is a difference, especially in what we call the Western world there is a very fundamental difference. We have lost all our barriers. They have been gradually eroded and broken down in the course of my lifetime. In the course of my lifetime, these barriers, these things we establish in a society are no longer held by the majority. Of course, there have always been criminals and crime and problems and you name it. There have always been, always been, since, well, Cain and Abel. 
Think about it. We've always had the problem. But somewhere along the way, there is a God conscious placed inside of every human being that responds to instinctively know the difference between right and wrong. And we pass that down to our children. This generation of children being raised today, for the most part, has had none of that passed down to them. They are devoid. We have stripped them of their godly inheritance. We have taken away from them their hope. And so they look to YouTube. They look to movies. They look to Hollywood. They look to their peers. They look to their video games. They look to whatever entertainment their device can feed to their mind because the parents have failed to give them the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We were talking about this this morning. When I grew up, I was taken to church. My friends were taken to church, and many of my friends didn't want to go to church, but they went anyway. Today's parenting skills are, well, let the children choose. Huh? Okay, are the children going to choose their food, their clothes? Are they going to choose everything in their life? Don't you make any choices for your children to protect, guide, and nurture them? The Bible says, raise your children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Train up a child, as the book of Proverbs says, in the way that he should go. And when he gets older in life, he won't depart. Yeah, they may depart for a season, but somewhere, if you raise them properly in the faith, like the prodigal son, they will return. Today, we have raised these children and we let them decide, I'm not going. I'm going to play with my game because I want to. And we have a narcissistic, self-centered generation that has no scruples, no morals, no foundation, no boundaries, and are led by the device of the day, Google, Facebook, whatever. And then we wake up and wonder, how could something like Parkland happen? And we're surprised. It's the gun. The gun made him do it. If that was the case, there wouldn't be a student left in my high school. We had him in our lockers, in our cars. I wore a Bowie knife on my leg. We never thought twice about using this against our fellow students. We had boundaries. We were taken to church. And you know something? I thank God every day that I was taken to church. Even on those cold, rainy, or snowy Sunday mornings when it's so easy to say, Mom, can we stay home? No. You have not only the obligation to be at church, you have a responsibility because you're in the choir. You don't, we learn not to shirk our responsibilities either. But today, we allow them to shirk their responsibilities without consequence or any meaningful consequence. And we award them with participation trophies. 
Jesus says, and this is where I bring back the memory of Dr. Billy Graham and the ministry of this, of this outstanding man of God. Let me tell you a little story about him that I learned a long time ago. And I learned this from a man that I worked with that knew him quite well and reminded me in a Facebook posting last night, Dr. Paul Offord, president of Toccoa Falls College when I worked there, knew him as a young preacher when he was about 10 years of age at the church in which he attended. And that's where Billy Graham kind of got his start, practicing preaching in this small Christian and Missionary Alliance church not far from Tampa. Billy Graham had felt the call of the Lord on his heart at a young age, this lanky, young boy with a very funny way of speaking, enrolled to be a preacher boy at Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina, and didn't do very well in school. And Dr. Bob Jones Sr. had him in his office one day and said, you just don't have what it takes to be a preacher. You need to consider another profession. And Billy, despondent, thinking that maybe he had missed the call, ended up in Florida at a very small, tiny, almost unheard of Bible school, because that's the only one that would take him. And then the opportunity to preach at a church the size of this one here, when he was in his 20s. And that college president was about, it was in his young teens remembering this guy beginning to develop his skills out of nowhere and went from reading his sermons to little notes to being able to walk out and give a clear-cut message of the Word of God. In our gospel lesson today, and how many times has Billy Graham preached this over the, over the decades? If anybody would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. You know, we live for ourselves today. We think nothing about tomorrow. We think nothing about eternity. We live in this delusion that life as we know it goes on forever. But it doesn't. What does the psalmist say? Teach us, Lord, to number our days. We are only given a number. And none of that with any certainty. We read story after story every day about people that lose their life tragically. I even think of a story that happened in this small town in Georgia where we make our home part of the year. This guy was coming up U.S. Highway 441 into Clayton, Georgia, about three o'clock in the morning, and was speeding. A local police officer, when I say speeding, we're talking 75 and a 45. A police officer pulled behind him and he took, and this guy took off, made a sharp turn onto a road and heading out into the countryside where we had been staying on a very windy road. 
ended up losing control of his car and having a wreck. And as the officer pulled on the scene to ask this person to stay put and then get out of the vehicle with your hands up, he refused and instead knocked out the windshield of the car, climbed on the car and lunged at the deputy and tried to kill him with his bare hands and a knife. The deputy in response had to shoot him dead. That guy never expected to be stopped for speeding. He never expected to be within 45 seconds within a wreck and 30 seconds later laying on the ground dying. <laughs> a young teenage girl back this past summer looking forward to going to the University of Georgia, I believe. Valedictorian of her class had a part-time job and driving home from work, somebody texting and driving missed a stop sign, ran into her and she's dead. We do not know what time we have. And that's why the urgency of the gospel of Jesus Christ is what it is. It's an urgency. It's not an afterthought. It's not something, I said it this morning, if some of these kids that don't want to go to church will put in one-tenth of one percent of the effort they put into a video game, Facebook, or anything else, they might have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They might see a change in their life. But the parents have been negligent, and they will stand before God on that dreadful judgment day and be held accountable for what they have done. Billy Graham preached a very simple gospel of repentance. Even Billy Graham said in his 90s in an interview, and he was about 95 or 96, that I repent every day because I am a sinful and unclean being. If Billy Graham feels the necessity of confessing his sins, who are we? Who are we? to think we don't need to confess our sins. We will continue to see the events that we saw in South Florida, not that far from here, even if they repeal, take away every gun and sharp instrument and plastic knife on the planet because that doesn't change the heart of man. We have to reclaim the boundaries while there is yet time. And that's the function and the purpose of a church like this one, to faithfully proclaim that gospel message. It dawned on me the other day as I was going to sleep, in my youth was probably my childhood from the time that I was born all the way up through whenever was the heyday of the Billy Graham Ministries to reach 212 million people in person not just on radio and TV we're talking in crusades it's a lot of people 
The population today of the United States is 300 million. He preached to the equivalent of two-thirds in person of our population today. When he started, the population of the United States was only, what, 150 million? Quite a ministry for a failed preacher boy. But then again, God does not often call the qualified. He himself qualifies his called. The sooner we recognize that, the better off we are. I don't need the accolades of men to do the work that God has called me to do. I will do what he calls me to do faithfully for the rest of my life. Billy Graham said we have to give it all to him who has redeemed us with his own precious blood. It's up to us. And over the years, as he got older and the crusades became less and less as he got older and unable to do it, and as his influence has faded as the conscience of this nation, it hits me, the decline that we have seen at such a rapid pace within one generation in less than a generation, we are where we are today. When I was a child in Hicksville, Long Island, the majority of the people on any given Sunday morning found their self to a place of worship. And if they were Jewish, they found themselves on Saturday at the local synagogue. Today, it is estimated that less than 18% no longer 70 and 80%, less than 18%, may find their way to a house of worship maybe once every two to three months. Wow, what a different place we live in today. How many children are being told in Hicksville today, you don't have to go. I guess they get to make that same decision when it comes to their jobs and everything else in life. They just get to do whatever they want. When God is no longer taken seriously, when we teach our children that there is no God because he's not important, and the only thing of value are the things that we buy, the things that we possess, and the things that we end up with that attitude using and abusing, we're gonna have the incidents like Parkland over and over again until Jesus mercifully breaks through the sky and calls his children home. Heavenly Father, we live in a world that needs you desperately. We have forsaken you. We have turned our back as a nation from you. We have literally sacrificed this generation of children on the altar of Baal. We have despised your name in our print, in our media, in our social networking, and within our culture. Lord, you could righteously send your judgment upon us. But Father, you are merciful. And Lord, today we come before you, this congregation, asking for a revival of what you can give us of your Holy Spirit this day. 
Lord, we pray for our nation, its leaders, and we pray for a revival in our land. Your word promises that if, if we will humble ourselves and pray, you will hear us and can heal our land. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In peace we have come to pray And to seek the Lord today For salvation from His hand For the healing of our land Let us pray Let us
Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now you know and I know this land of the United States, I believe, is under condemnation for many of the things that we have done as a people and even many of the, well, things even our government has done over the years and kept hidden. And the same is true in Australia, Canada, United Kingdom, Germany, France. You just go down the list of the Western nations, most of which have turned their back on an almighty God. In England now, there's a law. You can't even pray silently on the streets near an abortion clinic. Silently. The thought police want to put you in jail. I don't know if our nation can ever be healed. I don't know if it'll ever be restored. I'm doubtful. And that's why we need to prepare for the times coming. We, as a people in our churches, we need to stop being of the world. We're not of it. We're in it, but we're not of it. Stop being of this world. And toward the end of next week, and as we get into February, and I know where my health is going to be, we're going to make some very definitive plans. And I hope you will support those plans and be a part of it. If you believe in this mission, keep me in prayer for Monday, by the way, for my surgery. And I'll see you hopefully at the end of next week. If you believe in our mission and ministry, would you go to the website, truth2ponder.com? You can support us from there. Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. Zip code is 24319, 24319. Once again, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia. Zip code 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.